On the phone with me again is mindfulness coach Kara Southwood. And Kara had something really exciting recently that she did. She went to a silent retreat. This was in Springwater, New York at the Springwater Center for Meditative Inquiry. Uh, first of all, Kara, welcome to the show again and tell us all about the retreat. <laughs> Hi, Judy. Thanks so much. Um, all about the retreat. I think the funniest thing about the retreat is that I actually could go and be in silence for three full days. Um, I don't think anybody, including myself, thought that could be possible. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, um, for the most part. I mean, there was certainly silent communication going on and, you know, certain different aspects that um, were really unique to this retreat itself at Springwater um, that made it incredibly accessible for somebody, especially for the first time to go and give this a try, that I wasn't really sure um, or had no idea was actually going to be part of the built-in process of this retreat. And when I got there, you know, as I said, it just made it much, much more accessible, which was great. So it's a good thing to talk about that this is there. So three days of uh, not talking. So walk us through the process from when you walk through the front doors, then what happened? <laughs> well, the funny thing is I, I had kind of overshot my time by a good two hours. So um, I was driving alone, which is great. No problem. I love to drive. But um, I walked into the silent retreat to my mother on the phone talking to the people at the retreat wondering if I'd gone there so oh, it was no. interesting right from the beginning because the minute I walk through the door this girl starts talking right because you know that's just kind of the way it is um, but I got there and uh, they had an initial meeting before the silence began um, run by the facilitator of this specific retreat experience and there were a lot of newer people there, so we kind of sat and got the rules, so to speak, uh, which is not to speak, and um, also just answered some questions and things that people had. There were some people that were incredibly anxious to give this a try. There were some people there from, um, you know, a more of a Buddhist aspect of uh, meditation and they really weren't sure how this kind of philosophy was going to work, and I'll explain it to you in a minute, but, um, you know, so there was some anxiety, there was some hesitation from people of how this was all going to be, because we were new to this type of an experience, and after our, our um, you know, uh, questions were answered, and people's emotionality seemed to get eased, um, Les Schaefer was the uh, facilitator for this retreat and he was absolutely wonderful and just a real real nice wonderful guide for us and so you could sense that right away from him and once we had that meeting essentially we were in silence so I arrived Friday at 5 and you know the silence started at 7 and we were silent until 4 o'clock on Monday afternoon. So when you're silent, what are you doing? Do they basically say you can do whatever you want, just be silent? Or do they have a routine that they go through yes. over those three days? There definitely is a routine. And this is what makes Springwater slightly different. Um, in a 
Zen Buddhist retreats. Um, there are very specific set rules, guidelines, um, things that you can and cannot do. Even when you're meditating on the mat, there are, are, are specific rules, specific things you're meant to do. At Springwater, um, it's meditative inquiry. So essentially, when you do sit in meditation, you are kind of going through an inquiry process. What's happening right now? What's coming up for me right now? As you're centering yourself back into your breath, there's an invitation to kind of at least be aware of the thought processes that are constantly going through your mind, not attaching to them, but in some meditation practices, you're not allowed to even kind of question that stuff. Whereas at this center, you know, there is an awareness there. What do you do with that? You know, and that's part of this process, which was really great. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's what makes it somewhat different. And we started um, with meditation. They have timed meditation there. And they also have open meditation times there. So during a timed meditation, you would sit for 25 minutes on you know your matter here at Springwater people could also sit in chairs if that was more accessible for them physically which is also something incredibly different than what you normally find at a meditation center so that was wonderful for many people that were there we had some people that were there that were you know within their 60s possibly even into their 70s so they could partake in something like this that they have been practicing for 30 40 years but now their bodies maybe not can't necessarily let them sit cross-legged a certain way on a mat. And so now they can sit in a chair and still be able to participate, which I find to be incredibly wonderful for them. And they seem to find that wonderful as well. So um, we would um, have these timed meditations. So we would sit for 25 minutes in silence in meditation. And then we would have a seven-minute walking meditation and during the walking meditation you are walking it was a very very large sitting room for us to be in which was beautiful the, the setting itself there is, is phenomenal it's just so peaceful and calm and beautiful so all these windows are looking out over to this beautiful nature kind of pastoral scene and so you can walk in meditation for seven minutes and then we sit for another 25 minutes and you did and this you did this each day like you did 25 oh, for seven, hours 25 yes. 7 25 7 25 7 um it started at five in the morning for the first sitting and that went till seven um with the time sittings 25 7 25 7 and then there was breakfast and then there was chores we all had chores to do um we were given our chores before the silence began and we all had you know specific things that we needed to do so there was an hour there for chores which for me was just such a pleasure because I ended up getting breakfast dishes so I had an older gentleman with me as my dish partner of course in silence and we were just in stitches the whole time laughing oh wait a second so does laughing count or is laughing okay that was my question in the very first meeting before it even started my um my worry about the whole thing was you know 
can you laugh? Right. And of course, you know, but being aware that, you know, it is a silent retreat, so you're not having a huge moment of laughter, which is a challenge for me anyway, because I, I do tend to look at things incredibly lightheartedly. But <laughs> yes, my, my dish partner and I, we were, you know, he had me in stitches the whole time, you know, shoulder shaking, silent laughter, I guess is the best way I could say it ended up being. But he was just so funny. And the more he knew he was getting me laughing, the more he would just be funnier. And so it was great. He was wonderful. And uh, I really appreciated him and his energy because one of the most interesting things about being there and being in this experience is when you're in a silent retreat you're not to make eye contact with other people because essentially you're there you in your head for however long you're there for you're there to you know kind of experience the really deep deep stuff that goes on in your brain and to accept it anyway and to you know, see what it is, inquire about it, you know, while so, you're in meditation. So, me, can I just mm-hmm. ask you a quick question on that, sure. Kara? So, at mm-hmm. the end of three days, mm-hmm. uh, or even at the end of one day, because mm-hmm. a lot of times we talk about meditation where, like you said, you're supposed to completely clear your mind. So, in terms of having any answers or any insight, do you like the meditative inquiry approach or do you prefer the blank slate approach where you just leave your mind completely clear? What gives you a better perspective at the end of the day? Well, in my recent studies and learning more about meditation mindfulness, um, it's been quite a journey over the last two years anyway and taking a look at mental health and post-secondary students and how this applies and how this approach can be worked with them. Um, When I came into meditation about 12 years ago, the whole idea was this blank mind, this blank slate, that your mind had to be still. But what seems to be becoming more um, accessible for people is this view that and an understanding of the fact that your mind cannot just be blank. It, it is continually working and moving and thinking. We are thinking creatures. It's the way we're wired. So a lot of people would approach meditation and think, if I can't clear my mind, I'm not doing it right. I'm not going to do this again. Right. When you're at Springwater, what you understand, and even with the Koru practice that I was trained in in Harvard and, and I'm using in post-secondary schools, is the mind cannot stop. If there's a thinking mind and an observing mind, and essentially your thinking mind is always working, but to meditate, In fact, you are turning on the switch for your observing mind. Yes, your thoughts are there. You can see them. You can observe them. But you don't have to become them while you're sitting in meditation. When you're sitting in meditation, of course the thoughts are going to continue to creep up on you. You center yourself and anchor yourself back into your breath. That's why you're there. But it is interesting. You can inquire once you then get up from your meditation hmm, that was interesting that that crept up, and what's that all about? So when you're at a place like Springwater, and you're doing your chores, or you have free time in between these meditative sittings, you are also silently dealing with what it was that crept up. 
Interesting. I mean, I have to say three days certainly <laughs> seems challenging. But... I thought it would be, but, you know, I drove seven hours back home just as happy as could be, and mm. I feel like I changed there. There were some things in my life that I really needed to dig deep with and sweep those cobwebs out, and I was able to do that at Springwater. Well, I'll have to say, ever since I started meditating, I'm surprised the amount of times that I just turn off the radio in the car when I am alone driving distances. And I prefer to have the radio off, just driving for half an hour, an hour, and just relaxing, just sort of, uh, you know, letting it, letting it go. I don't need that noise filling my head. And anyway, enough about me. If you would like to uh, chat further with Kara, again, Kara is a mindfulness coach and she can be reached at zenlife285 at gmail.com. You can uh, just reach out to me. I'll certainly send your emails to Kara. But uh, Kara was invited recently to Harvard to take the Koru Mindfulness Program with colleagues from around the world. And they were invited to see the science that Harvard has just released using the Koru Program. And research is showing that meditating, uh, you know, if, if three days seems like a lot to you, just meditating 10 minutes a day for 14 days has incredible results on your on your brain and i think that's uh, phenomenal again kara southwood if you're interested in the three-day program in springwater new york it's the springwater center for meditative inquiry.com again the springwater center for meditative inquiry.com it's a long handle but again reach out to me i can send that link to you it'll be on the site as well and uh and kara southwood kara thanks again for joining me oh you're welcome judy thanks so much for having me